0: the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. Uh, as always, you know that because you clicked on it. You hopefully subscribe to the show. Although, I guess if you've just stumbled across it, I'm okay with that too. Um, it's possible that you found it via some kind of social media or my website or something. But um, regardless, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. We are, uh, I guess we very loosely, I, and this podcast is the, uh, I guess the Cincinnati Beer Podcast for listening. Oh, I thought that was micro, that's your cord. <laughs> um, we, uh, we, we kind of venture around from uh, taproom to taproom or bottle shop to bottle shop in tonight's case and talk all things Cincinnati Beer and um, talk to the people and uh, the people that, that make it, that own it, that drink it. Um, welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, yeah, we're Jason excited and to have uh, you. Yeah. Thank you for having from, us from uh, from Higher Gravity. This is one of those shows which I feel like I say this a lot lately. This is one of those shows I've been trying to do for a very long time and trying to figure out a place in the schedule for it. And I'm really, really glad that we were able to make it happen. It was extremely uh, timely, and I uh, think you know what this is. This is when I need to sit down and talk to you guys before uh, before all hell breaks loose again for you. And uh, uh, we'll we'll dive into all of that. But before we uh, before we do that, we always start the show the same way. We start by drinking beer from the beer fridge. It's a beer podcast um you guys poured us uh be mine from street side yeah um yeah. this is a this is is this a collaboration with not just you guys in street side is that right is it like a the what, bottle shop series is yeah that what they call it?
1: yeah so we call it the bottle shop beer series this is something that actually kind of um i got really drunk at 50 uh <laughs> 50 fest uh or punch out punch out two oh, yeah. two years ago stumbled into the BC's Bottle Lodge tent <laughs> and out came this beer in this series. So um, uh, us and then Brian and Caleb from BC's um, kind of doing similar things uh, with respect to the bottle shop and what we what we do. Um, and we just thought we, we wanted to take uh, our bottle shops and create something with local breweries uh, things that you can only get inside our bottle shops uh, to showcase what we can do and what what we like, um, but also work with other breweries, give us a chance to get behind a system and and make our own stuff. and And this was the first one in that series. It's a uh, raspberry honey cake milkshake IPA, which is a lot.
0: Raspberry honey cake yep. milkshake IPA.
1: Correct. All, right. All the yeah. good words. You got it. So every everything you need to get through the day. It's oh, got wow. raspberries, ton of honey. Uh, we were throwing like honey buns, and what what else were we throwing in there? Cardboard. Um, that was an accident. accident. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. What else? Was uh, we I? there was like uh, cake mix. Yeah. In was- there, like white cake mix, honey buns, and. Some other little Debbie product yeah, that we were lot just chuck- chucking in there. So. That's
0: that's good. That um so the aroma is immediately very different than you think it's gonna be when you look at it. It's got that, that big honey thing going on. Um, but then there's definitely the, the raspberry too. But then when you taste it, it's not over the top uh IPA, milkshake IPA. Like sometimes some of those beers are almost too much for what I want to drink. It yeah, doesn't
2: too sweet for
0: which, I, when you say uh, honey cake, milkshake, 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 raspberry, IPA, yeah. like I, that's where I figured it was going. Yeah. But no, this is not. This is uh, still really drinkable and uh, really delicious.
2: Yeah, that was my concern going in with this beer. But the way that uh, Garrett and his crew over there are able to pull this off is uh, impressive. It, and I actually kind of like it even better this year. It's, uh, I think, a little bit more well-balanced this year.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a balanced beer. There's a good amount of hop profile to it so it it, it's not overly sweet i actually crushed three of these two nights ago and i i mean normally a beer like this i get maybe one
0: if i buy a four because this this came in the the 16 ounce four packs right correct if i buy a four pack of a lot of these big kind of milkshakey beers I struggle to get through. Either I'm I'm cracking it open when I've got people over that I can share it with, or it's going to take me a good month and a half to get through a four pack because it's just so much. And this one um, is it, it definitely is not like that for me. It definitely um, is still a little bit lighter on the palate and um, crushable. Are we still using that word? I think we're still allowed <laughs> to use that word. Yeah, one of the buzzwords. Um, Really really well done um hats off to uh, the guys at street side and all of you guys for uh, who's who came up with how did the idea um, come together for the actual raspberry honey cake milkshake
1: so it was uh
0: did everybody just pick a buzzword and throw it in there <laughs> we
1: we basically with the timing of it when we originally brewed it it was going to be brewed on a day that would make it come out right around valentine's day so we wanted to do something valentine's day theme so that led us into the raspberries um one of us i don't even remember who it was uh we started googling and came up with a like honey cake raspberry honey cake recipe online Mm -hmm. is something that was found we're like well what if we throw in a bunch of honey and then call it be mine and make it like a a B and Valentine's Day beer and that's so that's where that came from and some of the, the random adjuncts I think were just kinda of <laughs> last minute but um, it worked and it I, it turned out really well. It it was a big hit last year so we brought it back and it's... I think they've street side has done a really good job again this
0: year so it's definitely right in their in their wheelhouse uh, although their wheelhouse is uh, kind of all over the place too sometimes they you know for as much as they do stuff like this really really well um they've got some really crazy traditional stuff that they put on that's like oh yeah we, we like this too and it right. uh, kind of throws people off and then you talk about the barrel stuff and they they're a fun brewery um uh, i'm excited to uh get in there and get some demogorgon coming up although yeah the I don't know what the dates are on anything, but this show will probably be up before the Demogorgon release. So, um, I think that's like the twenty-second, something like that. Yeah, I imagine so we'll be getting good.
1: some of that into yeah. the shop here. We got some of the last batch in yeah. too. So, be. yeah. So, I think Garrett's this show. I,
0: want case. <laughs> I think this show is going up on this coming Monday, which uh, should be the seventeenth. So, if you're listening to this and it's before the the twenty-second, that's when Streetside's doing the, the Demogorgon release, and. I had a little taste of the, uh, the cinnamon, uh, barrel fireball, whatever they're calling it, Demogorgon, like six months ago and it was fantastic. So I'm really curious to see what it tastes like now. And, uh,
1: yeah, you have me at cinnamon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't see a lot of like cinnamon Imperial stouts. Like I don't, you know, that, that's not a, uh, a, a common thing that people are leaning into, but, um, it should be, it goes really well together. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about what you guys are doing here let's let's start really simple with this how would you describe to somebody that does not know about higher gravity how would you explain to them what this is yeah so
1: we we are a bar and bottle shop Um, we have over 400 different beers in stock here that you can drink here or take to go so one of the things that makes us a little unique we are a bar. You can come in here and you know drink off the draft line, which a lot of people do. Um, but you can also shop for retail to go, um, which, which there are several bottle shops that do that kind of concept now. But where we're a little bit different is literally any product. You can pull off the shelf, bring it up to the bar, and we'll crack that for it for you. So everything here, if you want to try a single can before you can com- commit to a six pack, you can do that here, and, and so you guys keep a for.
0: lot of singles. Um, yep. So, is is anything that you've got here able to be broken up? Or correct? Um, yeah, that's that's pretty fun.
1: If you if you see it out on the shelf. Um, you can drink a single here, with, with some exceptions. So, like Mad Tree's local blend just came out. Um, that's kind of one that that <laughs> pull,
0: is pull every four pack off yourself. I just but, want,
1: I just want the Cleveland. Yeah. We, we could, but that that one is something we kind of a do. pain. <laughs> uh, it's a pain to do it for every beer, right? Yeah. But But um, that one's just a unique experience where you're supposed oh, yeah. to try all four. So we, yeah. uh, I, I don't like the idea of breaking up one when you should have four. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know.
0: I agree with that. It's it, that was the I haven't tried this year's yet, but um, last year, like sitting down when my wife was not knocked up and could drink with me, um, <laughs> sitting there and trying each one, kind of just right next to each other, one after the other, like and you'd be able to really pick out those differences from coffee to coffee was the, the fun of it. So yeah. I get that. Um, what I think is cool when you walk in here, um, like you said, there are other places that have this kind of idea at, at heart when you uh, you walk in, but. Um, this does not hit you off the top as a, as a bottle shop where some right. places do. And it's like, yeah, we've, you know, we've got beer taps and you can sit down and have a beer too. But, um, this feels like a, and not even like a bar Bar's not even the right word for me. It feels like a, like a place to, to, to drink beer, which I guess would be a bar, but, yeah. um, it, it, it gets that first and foremost, but it's warmer, it's more comfortable. It's, uh, um, more relaxed than I think a lot of bars feel
2: yeah and I would say that's like the thing that we wanted to do when we were first talking about the idea what exactly we wanted to bring to the consumer was an approachable place to try beers. right Um, and you know some places you go to um, you can only get so many things at each brewery right and they only have so many offerings where here it's endless It's like, what do you typically drink? Where do you usually go? What brewery do you go to? What do you drink there? It's like, all right, well, here's four other options that you can try at our place and decide maybe, oh, that's interesting. So let me lead you down a path where you may not have known that you actually liked it, but I'm going to open your world to the milkshake IPA or the new one IPA that you didn't know existed.
0: What I think the the potential for it, which I'm sure you guys have kind of seen, you know, to be able to sit down at a bar and you're, you're drinking whatever's on tap, you know, whatever fun thing is. But then that conversation starts with somebody that's sitting next to you or the person behind the bar and you're like, Oh, I I really like this. Uh, Oh, have you tried this? We know go try it yeah, <laughs> and you yeah. can, the, the ability to just then go and be like, all right, we'll, we'll grab it and let's, let's try it. And then kind of going down that rabbit hole, maybe, you know, buying a beer and sharing it with the person next to you. And then they do that. Like in yeah. that, that rabbit hole that you can go down to of, uh, exploration, I guess, of beers that doesn't happen at a lot of places. I, you know, I the, the the bottle shop we'll call it bottle shop very loosely that I that I frequent up where I live. I told you guys where I live. You probably know where I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, is a very different type of place. There's there's no bars. There's no stools at the bar. There's you know that ability to just grab something off the shelf and open up does not exist. It's a very different type of atmosphere and like this is what I want places like that to be. And this is what I want from the place that I go to buy my beer. I want a place where that conversation is happening.
1: And, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And everyone that works here at Higher Gravity is, I mean, a huge beer nerd. Most of our staff are people who have full-time day jobs. Um, and they do this because they love it and they just right. want to be here and talk about beer. And so everyone on our staff can talk to you about what's in the beer, what makes it a good beer, or like Nick mentioned, You tell me what you like, and I'll find something else for you. Right. Um, And so we're very good at that. And I think a lot of bottle shops are starting to kind of do similar things. Yeah. But again, what makes this experience a little different is literally everything can be tried here. Um, And I I know a lot of places just don't want to deal with the headache of the inventory. And it is a lot of work that goes into one managing the inventory once it's here but also selecting that inventory too right we spent a ton of time looking at um different ratings uh so we looked at we look at untap and reap beer and um we try to try almost everything that comes in here rough life yeah it's, really, it's <laughs> a hard job <laughs> Tuesdays, uh, Tuesday. no, tough days. we yeah i mean two wednesdays ago we got 39 new beers oh, in our shop that day, day so <laughs> <laughs> so um but it's also something we take serious i like everyone jokes and we joke that we have a terrible job uh having to drink all these beers all day but um it is something that's very uh much in our focus to make sure what we bring in is good liquid
0: how how difficult is that though to try to because you know we all love certain things more than others how yeah. hard is it to kind of uh, control like the the breweries that you love, the people that you love in this industry, the, the styles that you love, sure. uh, to control like bringing in something that maybe isn't your thing but recognizing what it is and still bringing it in. Yeah,
1: so I, I kind of two stories uh do you uh, guys
0: lean towards similar types of beer or are you like do you guys balance each other out no
1: no i don't lean, yeah. lean the same way <laughs> um so a couple things there the first first thing is no that, one out there likes ambers please help us huh?
0: <laughs>
1: everybody likes ambers right yeah yeah <laughs> nobody's seeking does anybody them love them yeah no one's drinking it ambers. drink ambers, people. when when we first opened, I had a really hard time telling breweries no because I, I like I'm just not a mean right. person. Now I've gotten to the point where like, hey, I have th- these are my standards. Uh, if I haven't tried it, it has to have X rating on, on tapped or you know it, it's got to meet these criteria. I even look at what the branding is. What does your label look like? If I don't like your label, I'm not putting it on my shelf. I get that. Um, so it took me a long time to get to the point where I was comfortable just being like, hey. You know, it's a a good beer, but it's not our shelf worthy. Um, Or sometimes it's even price point that we look at. If the price point doesn't make sense for the style of beer, I'm looking at that price sensitivity based on style, based on ratings, that kind of thing. Um, And then the other thing is, too, like I I did have to learn to get rid of that bias. So I look at trends of what beers are selling by month within a style versus what we have on our shelves at that point in time by Mm -hmm. style. And I love strong ales. I love Belgian triples, quads, that kind of thing. Um, so when we first got open, I think like 20% of our inventory was strong ales, but like 5% of our sales was that. And so I, once I had enough data to look at that, I started going, okay, well, this is just... I love this, but this doesn't make sense for our that's, consumers and started adapting. That's got to
0: gotta so, be tough, though. I, I think a lot of people, when they get into different sizes, be it um, somebody that opens a brewery, somebody that opens a bottle shop, like... I there's a lot of people that get into this and think, Oh, finally I've got my spot. Like I can finally have the place that I've wanted to be open for so long. And, um, it's hard to kind of put the brakes on it and be like, no, this isn't just about me and what I want this to be. It's, it's a bigger picture and kind of understanding that. And that's a, I I give you lots of uh, lots of kudos I guess for being able to do that because I don't think I to be able to.
1: <laughs> it, it took some time and it took data like un- until we had enough time open to to start seeing that data and analyze what those trends were. Then I started adjusting, but until you see that, you can't
0: um,
2: you can't really adjust.
1: It. It,
2: it, and it's it's crazy. Like I was just looking at our cooler, uh, which you know it's weird. I don't usually sit on this side, so it's like I'm looking at it from a different <laughs> angle right now. Uh, and. Uh, looking at this three years well two and a half years since we've been open like those three doors were vastly different than what they are right now yeah just like with the breweries that we can get we have access to now it's just it's pretty crazy with like just everything coming into this market
0: here it's uh the the world that we live in now versus what it was i mean you you talk about just a couple years ago i mean if you start looking back to like You know five years ten years like just how Much how drastically all of this Has changed you know Look at the shelf and it like there is some crazy Stuff on there that if you had told me that would be sitting On a shelf yeah you know know, Five years ago I would there's no Way there's no possible way that that would be a. You know it's 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 really cool Um How did how did you guys Get into this how did you get Here what is what is the I mean let's let's start like how did you get into Craft beer and go from there
2: I mean, so we work together, but separately, uh, at a company, a former company <laughs> that we employed us. Um, and, uh, we, I mean, I traveled all the time. He traveled all the time. And, uh, one of the perks of traveling is you get an expense account and, uh, when you're in other cities, you get to go to breweries and just like things like that. And like, that's one that. The whole world was exploding back then. It's was just like, that's what we did at night. Check right. out breweries, do all this stuff, try beers. S- still what I do at night. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it was better because it was free then, although it's still kind of free now, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. And uh, and that, I mean, it just kind of, I don't know. I think we both looked at each other like, do we really want to do this for 30 more years? And said, no. And uh, <laughs> what can we do that's more fun? And we ended up here
1: yeah and I I mean I started home brewing I don't know eight eight nine years ago uh so I was always in the craft beer and the science and math behind it we're both former accountants so we're a little bit nerdy on that side I guess <laughs> um but you know we love beer and it was a passion and a hobby for for a long time um when I had I had a kid so I have a five-year-old son now when I had a kid and I was 100 on the road um being on the road, stopped being as fun. Like right. it, it became my nap time and it was great because I could get, when I did take a trip, <laughs> I could actually sleep. Right. That, that was great. But, um, it's, it's I, hard getting those pictures on your phone. And yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, at that time I started looking like, well, what else can I do? Um, and there were a lot of, you know, finance accounting jobs that I looked at here in Cincinnati, but it was like, I don't want to sit behind a desk. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm good at what I do on the accounting side but I don't love it. And and it was really just trying to find something that I wanted to be going into work for every day. And, um, but at the same time, also something that we might be able to bring something new or something better to the consumer because it had to meet both criteria. It had right. to be something that we love, but also there had to be a gap in the market. Um, and when we, I mean, I probably sent you like 30 different business ideas, right?
0: <laughs> did you guys think of opening a brewery?
1: Uh, brewery, no. No, that was never really in the cards. Um, I, I I like brewing, and I, I love doing it as a hobby, but at this point in the game, there's so many good breweries out there, and um, I didn't want to try to compete with that. I thought trying to it's... take what other people did extremely well it's funny thinking about that though
0: too like if again looking back three years and you look at it now it's vastly different now than it was then and it's like um it's it's interesting to see the people that still are like so gung-ho about starting a brewery today and it's like i know it's crazy and then you know in five years it'll be even crazier and then in five years it'll be even crazier
1: and it's uh i definitely think there's still more room for it oh i think so too um, but you know, like the neighborhood breweries, the places that are going to be your neighborhood bar. Is there room for Rheingeist distribution everywhere? Absolutely not. Right. But um, there's there's room for it. We just, I, I don't I don't know, for us, it was like how can we take what other people do really well but present it in a different way and make it available in a different way um, for people to try and make sure people are getting the best of the best um, out there. So and maybe one day I'll... I'll open up a small brewery separately a nano brewery yeah if i ever get tired of nick maybe (laughs) i'll just go do that or if i win the i do i do joke if i win the lottery i'm just gonna go open up a brewery that i like the don't even really (laughs) let people in it's just
0: i mean so the (laughs) the the shame of the way the three-tier system is set up you guys can't have a brewery like with this which i mean i i understand why that whole thing exists but i look at a place like this and how fun would that be? You know, if you could have a bottle shop with a bar and then tucked away in the back, it's just a little, a little tiny nano yeah. thing. And yeah, like, yeah. it's, you know, just cranking out a couple barrels yeah. here and there. And like, that, that would be fun, but, um, I don't think it's possible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it's I, some laws like are going to have to
0: change
2: a, a small change in law where, yeah. It, do you think they will do, I would like to see them do something where it's like a nano. Thing. It's like, yeah, yeah you don't want to do up
0: to, to, a, certain, up to a certain, up to a certain barrelage. You can, can do it wherever you want
2: hundred barrels a year. I don't know. Yeah. Something yeah. small nothing yeah. big it's like our house beer that's our house beer. Now. right it's like pretty easy to do um, so i would like to see that i i don't know even where to begin getting the wall change or the manpower <laughs> it's necessary it's, to do that i think we have bigger problems on it's 4-chips. probably
0: easier to wait for somebody that's a bigger fish that has yeah. more money in their pockets <laughs> to uh, to get it changed for you and then uh, just jump on <laughs> at the same time you guys do have that ability because you are fairly hyper local focused with what you do um, that you can call up StreetSide or, or Urban or whoever and say, "Hey, yeah, can I make a beer?" and they'll probably say yes. <laughs> you know, like it, so, it gives you a little bit of that leeway to kind of play around and
2: it, it, it's nice being able to when people come in, like, "Oh, so you don't make your own beer?" Well, well, technically, we, we do sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, get, getting the chance to brew with brink and urban right. artifact and street side and 50 west i mean it's 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 been awesome because everyone does things a little bit differently right um so we've gotten to see and play around on commercial systems without actually having to buy those commercial <laughs> <Right>. systems <laughs> so it, it's been an awesome experience and it's it, it's cool but um yeah until so there's law change that can, we we get to ask that question yeah. all the time why don't you because we can't right uh so maybe one day that will all change and then we'll think about it but it's not even Something for us to consider. It's not a, not um, a priority, right?
0: Right. Um, when you look at the uh, the decision that you guys made to open something like this—a bottle shop that's not really a bottle shop, a bar that's not really a bar—this this thing it needs its own name for what this is, like some <laughs> kind of like it's it's its own category. And you know, all the places like BCs fall into that too. It's just it's not the same thing that we've seen for for years. Yeah. Um, the decision to do that a few years ago to me would be a very different one than it is to do it today because there are places like you guys or places like BC's or whoever it may be that are starting to pop up. Hell, I mean, there's there's gas stations yep. that have really comfortable setups that mm-hmm. are really knowledgeable people behind the the bar because they have bars. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy the way things are now versus the way they are then. Would you still do this today if you guys were kind of – if if this existed but it wasn't you guys <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah I mean I mean I think the fact that we're opening up a second one lead,
0: lead and, yeah. and we'll talk about that <laughs> yeah
2: so yeah I, I would be comfortable opening up this it, as long as the you're in the right space in the right location and, you know you can reach a critical mass
0: is this um, we, we we talked about how we still think there's room for more breweries as years go on is there still room for more places like this? I
2: think there are. Um, if you do it right, it's you know we're never.
0: How do you do it wrong? Tell me, tell me that first. What are the mistakes that some of the some not naming anybody, but yeah, what yeah. are some of the mistakes that places make?
2: No, I, I think going into it with, um, I, I would say going into it with like huge asper like like mind blowing numbers and goals. It's like, yeah, we're, we didn't get into this the uh, be millionaires. I wish you know we could do that, but. This is about love of the game, love of the beer, and like delivering a good thing to the consumer. And it's if you do it on a small enough scale where you can control all your costs and understand, you know, here's what the consumer wants, and here's how we're going to deliver to them, I think, you know, this could be executed in pretty much every, any neighborhood of that.
0: Of uh, that I need one. In, I need one up the road in Fairfield <laughs> personally.
1: <laughs> we'll uh, we'll, we'll look at that. Yeah, um, we're always looking at new areas. I, I, I mean, part part of it, one, I disagree with you, Nick. I don't think there's more room. Nobody else should ever do this concept. Oh, yes. <laughs> only, <laughs> sorry. <Yes>. It's, <laughs>
0: it's a terrible business.
2: Nobody <laughs> yes, get into do not, it. Well, do if, not, you wanna,
1: <laughs> if you want to franchise, you know, we can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I think a lot of it's about creating like an atmosphere. Um, and, you know, what we kind of thought going into it originally was okay, we'll get the right product, we'll get the right technology, and here we use. Um, A lot of technology to kind of make it easy to search, see what we have. Um, You can get updates on your phone when we add new bottles to our collection, that kind of thing. So um, we were looking at it from that perspective and it was on our radar, but I don't think we valued as highly as the community aspect of it. So what what we've done, and I would say probably ninety percent of our customers, we see oh. at least every week, right? At least, um, not three times. I do not think I had any clue that the the regular rate would be that high, Dream. and it is awesome. And so what we've done is lean into that like community feel, and everything we do in here is to try and create that feel of community in a place that you want to come hang out regularly and come, you know, people sit at the bar and people they didn't know six months ago, yeah, they're, best friends, they're best friends now. We're right. organizing I, a
2: brewery trip with like all of our regulars at this point. It's <laughs> just like we're on a party bus and just go to around the 14 breweries one random day. It's like, I didn't know any of these people two years ago. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's like every Friday they come in there's like six of them, they all order beers, they all share them. And they didn't even know each other just until, like, a year ago. It's just, like, it's a really cool community. Well, you know, it,
0: it reminds me of that those early days of craft beer when you had your neighbors or your buddies or whoever it was, and you, you would do that. You would go to the store, and you'd get, you'd get a six-pack, a mix of six, and bring it back, and everybody would sit in the garage and sit around shoot the shit and talk about what those beers were and share them with each other and, oh, have you tried this? And, like, that, that kind of fell off for a while, I think. Mm-hmm people got um it got to normal and now we're kind of settling back into this really comfortable spot where there's a lot going on in beer and you can't necessarily keep up with it all by yourself and so like that that community is becoming more important again I guess and uh, it's uh, having places like this that become that that neighbor garage that you know is the place where you hang out is is really really nice to see I just wish there was one further up the road
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, before we get any further, glasses are getting low. What, what, uh, style you feel like drinking next?
0: Uh, what's on you guys want to talk about? What, what oh, gets you excited you, up there?
1: Uh, everything. Uh, <laughs> you want to do the brink or? Yeah, let's do brink. Yeah. Okay. Um, we just did, uh, what we called HG Fest, uh, this weekend. So we right. had 16 beers on tap. Everything was over 8% alcohol. Um, which was scary (laughs) um, and a little bit crazy, but uh, everything was super rare uh, in what we had on draft. uh,
0: If if anybody doesn't listen to the live stream show, so I do several different shows because I'm a glutton for punishment and on monday nights i do a a live stream that's like a little short half hour show that you just kind of have to catch live if you want to catch it and a couple weeks ago we talked about um hg fest and we we ran through the tap list and talked about everything so if you didn't listen to that sorry (laughs) because we we definitely dove into everything that was going to be here and um it was a hell of a tap list
1: it yeah it was it was pretty wild and i didn't know you did that actually (laughs) because i i listened to the podcast um, but I, I never almost never do anything. I have it's, to kind of do it on my own time. So if it's not available for me to download, I miss it. But, um, well, so if,
0: if you are a uh, Patreon supporter too, you can always go back and listen to past episodes. With. Okay. If you all want right. to. So for anybody that is, uh, right now saying the same thing, that's an easy way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to sit down? I can plug in another microphone. Oh, it's
3: all good. No, I don't want to interrupt you guys. Oh, I didn't know if we're, you we're just drinking.
0: No, no, <laughs> You wanna sit down? Uh sure. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> Through the magic of podcasting. <laughs> Mike Stokes drops from the heavens and is here. <laughs> uh-huh. Convenient timing. I've been trying to get you on the show. Oh yeah, Um, thanks, man.
1: Is that what you said? Great to to be here. Thanks for the invite.
0: (laughs) No, I've I've really been texting and saying you need to come in because he lives very close to me, so like he could come into studio anytime we could just do a show. But my schedule's just so stupid. Yeah,
3: but instead I just intercept your show. (laughs) Instead you just show up. uh, Higher gravity on a random Thursday night.
0: That's right. (laughs) So if anybody um, follows me on like Instagram or something like you could probably do the same thing. You could just sit there and wait until I put something out there and then just run and show up and just sit yeah, down and be on the show. That's basically what
3: happens. Uh, I was just stalking you and... <laughs> I uh... don't think I put anything out about it today. <laughs>
0: um, what were we talking about?
1: Uh, we were talking about the HD Fest gotcha, list. Gotcha, okay. Let's pretend uh, that we didn't just
0: take like a three-minute break.
1: Are you going to edit that out? <laughs> yeah, I, oh, if, as long as I remember. There's some good stuff As on long there. as I remember. I did some
2: ASMR, so
0: <laughs> I uh, want to keep that in. There was, um, where were we? Uh, down in uh, Alexandria. I wish I had the episode number in front of me. And we took a break halfway through the show to go refill beers and pee and whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'll just I'll edit it out. And then like three weeks later somebody texts me you know you didn't edit that out right <laughs> so like this big chunk of time where like you can just hear us in the background like talking like way off mic <laughs> <It's> ridiculous yeah <laughs> I'm so unprofessional kids change it's a things beer. <laughs> everything changes things <laughs> yeah. by, uh, I just don't have time for anything anymore um so HG Fest how'd it go
1: <laughs> yeah uh, I mean it, it was uh um close to a brown I don't know if I would call it a blackout but it was definitely a brownout um maybe we'll do three ounce pours next year
2: yeah it was <laughs> how big were the pours we did five ounces and you know some people they were fine they got
1: out they were they were okay <laughs> ever every I have heard from everyone uh like 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 we were saying so we we get a lot of people who are coming here all the time so I think everyone who did a cheap fast week you know we know by name and so i i've seen them again and they're all alive so it is good but we so we originally were going to do 14 five ounce pours and one of our bartenders calculated out it was like 15 bud lights at that point like the equivalent of drinking 15 uh lagers which you know it's doable over four and a half hours but not recommended (coughs) um and then i got an extra keg or remember
2: when he said he can't say no
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna say no. So I, I ended up actually, I walked back into our cooler and I found a keg that I didn't know we had anymore. Like I just, I forgot to put it in the system when we received it, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that was here. Let's add a couple more beers. So then we upped it to 16, and I don't think we updated the conversion of how many Bud Lights that was, but it was more than 15. Yeah. Uh, So it was a lot. But
0: you know, yeah. Did everybody actually drink all of them?
2: A couple did. I I mean, I would
1: say most people. I don't
2: know. A lot of they people, were like people were one or two short. I would say that's all of them. But No, <laughs> oh, that's close enough. A lot of people the end were were
1: they knew their limits and they would be like, oh, just pour me one ounce. Like, I just right. I just want to try it, but I, I can't do the whole thing. We did have several people finish five ounce pours of everything.
3: <laughs> were you guys pretty diligent about taking the tickets? Because that's always like a game of mine when I'm at these festivals yeah. to see if I can oh, yeah. get away with. <laughs> you know, use
1: all your coming things. home oh. with,
3: you know, 10 of the 16 tickets. Like, oh, ah, yeah. he didn't take my ticket. I don't, <laughs>
1: I don't want to come home with tickets. Cause then I feel like I wasted my money. Yeah. Um, but no, we, we, we had like a printed out, uh, list and we kind of used it like a passport. So when they would okay. come up, we would stamp an HG stamp on it. And, um, so we were diligent about that cause that's just kind of a fun thing to do as right. opposed to tickets. But,
2: yeah, so yeah, I told people I was gonna have them autograph it, hanging up on the wall. They completed it, but everyone I think forgot because <laughs> they got too <you> drunk.
0: <laughs> well, I I do think that the idea like that, like a like a the passport kind of idea instead yeah. of tickets is way more fun because it almost yeah. makes that becoming a collectible thing too. It's yeah. uh,
1: I don't think anyone collected I don't think that. it any made it home. Unfortunately, <laughs> was it in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Is this going to be a uh, a yearly event for you guys? Yeah, I, I think we've learned a couple of
2: things. I think uh, the right number is probably like forty to fifty people a session because we want to keep it intimate and make it kind of easy for everyone to actually enjoy it. Where right. it's like you go to some of these things, it's like you're just standing in line half the time. It's like there's why a, am I here?
0: There's a really <laughs> fine line. Yeah. like you want it to. I be... want it to be
2: enjoyable for people. I want them to like enjoy the experience, meet people, talk about beer, whatever. It's like you know. It, I'm not trying to pack hundred people in here. Like I, wait I, hate in for beer.
0: I hate going to a beer festival where you spend your whole time, like you said, waiting in line or when they run out of beer or something halfway yeah. through the thing. There's
2: five good beers. you right. And then they're gone within the first hour. You're like, yeah. All right. Well, I've had everything else here. So
0: yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also planning out a festival is very different yeah. now yeah. than it was, you know, again, several years ago where it's hard to put something together with enough beers that are different that are uh, special I guess that you know make people say oh yeah I need to go to this because they've got this 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 and this and I can't get all of those normally you know it's it's a very hard kind of um, balance I guess of enticing people but
1: yeah well <laughs> I mean that's how our list kind of started the form and that's where HG fest came from like Nick mentioned I mentioned I can't say no to things so uh, we get pitched you know I for every beer that i bring in i probably get pitched 100 um but there comes those beers that are super rare or something i'm like i mean i I just want to try it like i'll buy a whole keg just so i can try (laughs) it kind of thing and and what happened was they would pitch these rare beers hey there's only one in the city i'd be like i can't say no to that um, right. And so we'd pick it up, and then i put it in the cooler. And most of those were beers that, you know, can age for a long, long time, as long as they're stored right. And I started stacking up some of these, and I was looking in the cooler, like, what are we going to do with this? And HT Fest was the answer <laughs> to that. And then we started adding some um, higher ABV sours and uh, IPAs that we were picking up closer right. to the event to make sure that they were still fresh. But um, it, was, yeah. it was really I think just think what we were originally talking about, it was just,
2: like, going to be, like, like a beer fest, and then we were like, got the bright idea of having everything over eight percent. Like, oh, well, <laughs> just call it higher gravity fest. Everything's higher gravity. Genius. It,
3: it was great in concept.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: no, it was. No, I, it, it, it was I really think it
2: was, everyone enjoyed it. It was good. I just think maybe next year we'll do three ounce pours.
3: Now, were you guys <laughs> open for business regularly? Yeah. Or? Yeah.
2: Sort of. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorta. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. People come in and get retail. Okay. And if they wanted to grab one, we let them. It was yeah. just kind of like a kindly like, what
0: the hell's going on here? Yeah. It's like, you
1: probably don't want to stay here anyway. <laughs> don't mind if I do. <laughs> we, I mean, we had plans to tell people like, hey, we're open for retail, but, you know, bar's closed, but then people would come in and be like, oh my God, I got to try that, and then we can't say no. And so, <laughs> seems the to be bar the bar thing, ended up being yeah. an open plus HD festival. They just got
2: pushed to the back of line as well. Well, I got to yeah. help all these people first. Right. <laughs> they paid. Do you have a passport? No?
1: Okay, back.
0: Um. So, you talked about how hard it is to say no do you lean heavier into some breweries than others around town places that you um, kind of have more of a relationship with or um, i don't is I don't, it is it really based on what the is? i don't know that it's the beer is.
1: pretty
2: good at honing in on what the consumer right. wants right and what breweries sell well i mean there are definitely some breweries that sell well and sell, it's don't.
0: it's interesting to me um, you guys definitely sell a lot of urban here yeah And they're right down the street. street. That's so interesting to me that you would sell that much. We sell a lot of (laughs) urban. It's crazy. It's crazy. I
3: (laughs) I know this isn't beer related, but we go to Valley Vineyards on the Cincy Wine Wagon and um, we talk to those guys and they forever, they refuse to sell to the Kroger up there. Uh um, Just, you know, maybe two miles up the road because they're like, we're here. We want to drive that business here. Mm -hmm. Guess who the top selling Kroger for Valley Vineyards is in the entire region. It's that one. It's it's more about convenience than anything else yeah. for a lot. Of, you know, for, and that's what they said. They just made this huge mistake. Like proximity doesn't really matter. But
0: Kroger almost makes more sense to me because you're you're going in there for groceries. You're right. you're doing something else. I you know yeah. I, I use that excuse a lot that I have to go grocery shopping when really I need to go grab some beer and get out of the house for a minute. Yeah. But like, if you're coming in here to buy beer, it's. T- Right, so strange to
1: me. Well, it's, I mean, it's funny, too, because before we opened, Nick and I went around to every brewery that we could get to locally who distributes beer and talked to them about, you know, what we want the space to be like, what we we're going to be doing. And I asked the question point blank, like, hey, we can put you guys on draft, but we probably shouldn't sell your cans, right? That's going to cannibalize from you. And they were like, no, you you should put our cans out there. Right. Um, and I was a little hesitant at first, but Urban is... Our highest selling brewery here. <laughs> yeah, um, and I mean it's park. a neighborhood thing too. It, I think, it is you know. neighborhood. Maybe all the people, people in
0: the apartments here just don't want to walk. on yeah,
3: yeah. right. <laughs> and I think people come in here. Maybe they don't necessarily. I mean, are you saying that Urban is this top selling packaging too? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh really? Hundred oh, yeah. percent. Now that surprises me. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. crazy right? I mean, understand. I could see like tap because they come in, they have an Urban, yeah. but they take something else to go. I cool. mean, it
2: helps that I. I mean, it's one of my favorite breweries. So I oh, style. Yeah. So I that people are like, oh, what should I get? Sour, or fruited. I'm like, oh, have you heard of Urban Artifacts? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and, and yeah, we do get a lot of people from upstairs because if you haven't been to our venue, uh, we sit on the bottom of, of apartments. So we get a lot of people from upstairs from the apartment complex behind us. So, yeah, we're... It's
0: hard to carry a case of beer from all the way down the street up here versus just upstairs. It's a
1: a two-block, shorter walk (laughs) to us for a lot of people. On
0: on a day like today, I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But a a lot of people also come in here to sample around, and they may be coming in here to get, you know, a a pint of an IPA, but then they walk out with urban cans. Right. Or people come in, and they're here with a friend who hates sours, so they're not going to go to urban. Yeah. So they can try a bunch of things from us, and they can still have herb. So right. it, it, well, it it makes sense in retrospect. I, I guess I
0: do get that too. Like I, my wife does not love the urban artifact tap room. Some nights, sometimes, uh, it smells a little herbal by the windows. Sometimes, you know, things like that. And you know, a place like this, you, get, it's a little more comfortable for her. <laughs> you know, so maybe all right. I can you know, I, I can kind of understand that too. That this is a very different atmosphere than what they might have there. And sometimes it gets loud. There's music or there's you know, strange people or whatever it may be.
3: I just <laughs> Some people are more comfortable. The variety here is awesome. So people can come here and get various things on tap and walk away with anything, you know. I mean, yeah. it's just the variety. You guys have 500 beers or whatever. I mean, it's amazing. So, you know, you can always go home with what you but you can come try a bunch of different things. Right.
0: Or if you, you know, if you just if you want to drink an IPA and sour beer that's you can't necessarily do that well I guess they probably have some kind of one bottle of some kind of IPA probably that they have behind the bar but um it's a little different
3: yeah (laughs) yep for sure
0: um let's talk about the second location so Blue Ash you guys are um in a lot of ways kind of the same way that you were here uh right at the the perfect time when all of this was happening you guys are getting in on the ground floor of kind of some new development. You see what I did? Good one. I like <laughs> of, uh, that. I like some that. new development up there too. Like those jokes. Um, you guys are um, going into Summit Park. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I always call it Airport Park, but I know yeah. that's not right.
1: Yeah. So it is. It's Summit Park. It's in the old Blue Ash Airport, um, and it is an awesome, awesome park. Uh, it's insane. It, I mean, if you, especially if you have kids too, because they have such an incredible playground and a bunch of stuff to do. They've got a big pond with like a water table and we're gonna have to try and figure out how to make an open container in that area so uh we were up there for red white blue ash and Mm. being able to get a beer in that park while my kid played on the playground was incredible so hopefully at at some point that can happen but um there's just a lot going on in that park right now they already have awesome places like senate and brown dog cafe um
0: not that I'm encouraging this, but I at some point I will do a drinking in public episode of Drinking with the Gnome. That's the other podcast. Um, and I've had this plan to do a drinking in public show for a very long time. I like to drink in public yeah, um, whenever it, it works and I think um, that's a good spot. There's but there's uh, you know some fun tricks to uh, to be able to do it and be sneaky and kind of you know I think that uh, sneaky is probably not the right word to use. If you are uh, respectful and kind of quiet yeah, about it, yeah. I think sometimes people uh, don't mind it as I, much.
1: I think if you just own it, because i brought beer to my kids' soccer games, and my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, nobody cares. It's, I'm not I'm not right. getting wasted. I just wanted to try this beer, and I had to be at <laughs> soccer practice. Right. So. I mean,
0: like, pour in a cup, and people don't <laughs> see you, like, just sitting there. And there's lots of things, too, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, yeah, there's... So when they first started developing the park there, I was like, "Oh, this is this is gonna this is cool. This is a really neat park, and um, this is a really cool place to kind of hang out." And then I saw that they were adding, you know, Senate and things like that. There, I'm like, "Oh, this is really cool." And then I saw that they were gonna add the apartments. and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. this is this is turning into something completely different than I ever thought it was gonna be." Um, and having you guys there is gonna be perfect because it does again provide that kind of neighborhood spot where people can gather and and hang out and um that area is uh taking off in a lot of different ways i mean uh, again if you look back you know five years or whatever there really wasn't a whole lot going on there people worked and then left
2: it'll be interesting it's different uh, now i think up there we'll have to learn some things you know you learn as you go anywhere you know any business you open and uh like here it's you know we're a late night crowd a little bit later mm-hmm. neighborhood we're up there I think it's more are happy hour, happy hour yeah. families early drinkers and then out the door by 10 or 11 right. where you know it's not bad that you get better a little bit earlier <laughs> rather right. than 2am every night like me but uh it, it will it will be the same but different I think it, it will uh you know, we'll learn things over the next the first three or four months we'll adjust accordingly and just kind of go from there
0: well, that's what i know it's probably too too early to really get a good idea of this but in your heads right now is the uh the selection going to be the same kind of stuff or are you going to have a whole different bottle selection I the only Ambers.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> you- yeah i mean as, as far as the bottle selection goes um it'll definitely be very similar i do think where we'll be a little more prescriptive probably will be on the draft, the draft. list um so we'll be dedicating you know we'll actually probably dedicate a handle to an amber um right now we have one light beer on draft it's Jackie O's ricky uh that does really well for us but everything else is kind of aggressive Mm -hmm. uh, or all over the place in terms of style and you know what you're getting but um up there we'll probably have several lighter options just given you know that it is the park is very family oriented um and but but overall the, the bottle selection at the be same
0: similar. time like i'm fairly confident that you'll have like the one parent that just gets dropped off oh, yeah. there while yeah, the other parent like, is off I'll with the you. kids <laughs> 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 just, just come get me when you're done
2: I got, well it's, it's <laughs> the you can say you're going to the store too it's right. not a lot that's you true that's <laughs> true honey i gotta go to the
0: store <laughs> i gotta go pick up some groceries
2: a couple of night whales later
3: <laughs> <laughs> um uh,
0: all the beers gonna be cold there. Uh, yeah, yes. did I
1: read that right? Yes, yes. So it'll be a little different. Um, I'm excited about the new setup. Part of it is is uh, we rotate through beers quickly enough here that we don't really have to worry about freshness issue. Mm-hmm. Granted, uh, most of you know people probably listening to your podcast know that keeping a beer cold slows the rate of oxidation. Um, so it is. Gen- Most
0: of my listeners don't know the word oxidation. We're we're very simple people.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, Google that because I don't know what it means either. Um, but uh, so having beer sitting on a, a warm shelf long term is bad. In the three month span that they're sitting on our shelf, it's it's not going to degrade the beer at all. It's not going to be bad for it. But um, so part of the decision was to make it cold, so it's you know long term it is better for product, but really just making a more efficient experience for the consumer um what we're going to do there instead of you going up to the bar and saying hey i you know i want you know a truth and the bartender turns around opens the door grabs the truth pops it open pours it you'll actually have access to all of it uh on the sales floor uh for lack of better term you can grab your beer and then if you want it for here you bring it up to the bar we crack it for it uh, or if you want it to go, then you bring it up to the register and you check out like you would at right. any retail store. Um, and I think it, it makes it a little more efficient when you're, when you're buying the product, but it also makes it a lot easier to see, see what we have, um, yeah, rather think, than leaning over the bar and kind of trying to squint what's back there. If yeah, you're if like, not going
2: to use the menu. You know, at 99% of the bars, I go go to otherwise it's like I'm looking behind because nothing on draft is that appealing so I'm like
0: alright what are your cans I hate that I, I hate, hate trying to see and then you're looking and you're like oh.
2: just call me whatever man I don't care um, so like this is like you have seven doors in front of you and it's like oh my god I get to look and touch and feel and <laughs> do whatever and it's great so I'm excited like just from a consumer standpoint I think people will really dig yeah. that part of it
0: are you guys going to split up duties and one person's going to be more focused here and one person's more focused there or how's that going to work?
2: We'll definitely be bringing on a, uh, another team member. So anyone listening, if you're interested, holler at us, uh, we'll be doing an interview soon. Uh, and you know, just someone that can be there, you know, not every day, but day to day operations that way we can focus on events and, you know, bigger picture things. And then split I want to be at both places. So, Especially, you know, when we first open, it's the first three or four months are kind of roll and um, but you know, that's, and then after that, you just kind of feel it out. And that's got
0: to be a little nerve wracking, though, too, bringing in somebody else that is going to be an important role yeah. like that in something that.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's hundred percent. I'm losing sleep as it is. Hundred percent nerve wracking. <laughs> but so the thing is, Nick lives two blocks away from the north side location. Uh, We have a really, really good staff here that we trust. Everyone here is awesome. Um, And it took us some time to to build that and find the right people. And we were pretty crazy about like taking applications and things like that, just because uh, when we first opened, it was literally only family uh, who worked here. Um, And it it was hard for us to let in someone we didn't know come in, you know, they're handling beer, they're handling cash, uh, that kind of thing. And, and now we've built trust with everyone here. We think north side's in a good spot. Nick's two blocks away. Uh, so I would imagine eventually, like, at some point, Nick's probably going to spend a little more time here. And I'll spend a little more time up in Blue Ash, because I live a mile away from Summit Park. Uh, but we got to kind of figure out you know, what we need as we get open and, and, and feel that out. Right. Um, so that's kind of the thought. Um, But at the same time, we don't
0: until it starts really until it starts. We we
1: don't know what's going to be needed, but I also don't want to lose the relationships that I have here in Northside. So I, I will still have a presence here. And even though I live up in blue ash and I'm a mile away, it would be very easy for me to be like, Hey Nick, why don't you take Northside? I'll take blue ash. I have so many relationships that I, I'm just not willing to give up on. Um, and so many people that I love coming in here and seeing, sitting at the bar and you know, I want to hang out and chat with them. Right. I don't want to lose that. Nick's not gonna to want to miss out on that opportunity of a fluash either. So,
3: right. let's. Uh, yeah, sure.
2: Should uh, we get another round of beers? I drink fast.
0: <laughs> we didn't even talk about this when we were drinking.
1: <laughs> we we it did, really but that's good. in the part Oh, we're you
0: doing that, it in the part that I might think we get talked it out about out?
1: for like one second. Yeah, but it might get edited out. Of it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, what well, Let's talk about it really quick. What am what am I drinking?
1: Yes, yeah, so you're. This so you're is
0: definitely dr- barely. <laughs>
1: Uh, it is. So you're drinking Brinks uh, okay. Barrel-Aged a Schoolmaster. Oh. It's a Baltic Quarter that they aged in heaven. I, I think it's Heaven Hill Barrels, if I remember right. We had yeah. a lot of barrel-age stuff on at HD Fest. Um, and it is... It, I was so, like, light body. I could pound this like like a lager, but it's not light at all. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. It's, so it's... Uh, I was... Depending on how your time frame in your head works, I was at Wooden Cask the other night. I think it is actually going to be on in two weeks though the episode i think something like that i don't know i can't figure out anything right now my life is okay (laughs) there's a wooden cask show at some point if it wasn't already on it will be and we talked a lot about his barrel aging program Uh i feel like this is similar to something that he would do where it's a very drinkable beer that's way heavier than you think it is that is like a really good um a good display
3: of barrel aging like it's not um, i
1: was trying to look up the abb because i can't see it yeah it's it's
3: it's delicious we were there this weekend at at brink for the uh, king
1: cake release yes and uh which is awesome by the way oh it's
3: unbelievable um and they had this on and we loved it by itself it was fantastic we also took the um the peanut butter porter Ooh. And blended the yes. two Yes. And uh, we called it the Flying Nut um, <laughs> And it was It is delicious um, It's just a little bit extra You know yeah. a little bit more of a treat More of a dessert But um, that beer is awesome Very drinkable beer I'm
0: Really impressed with everything that Brink has been doing Lately They, uh, um, I'm, I guess that goes without saying though They've got the awards to show For what they're doing And uh, they just continue to impress me yeah. Um, they're, they're, I need to get them on a show. Yeah, they're awesome. Add that to my list a- awesome
1: guys too. <laughs> yeah, they great, great group of folks. I I love thank you going up there and I've I've had the chance to brew with them a couple times now doing um beer That we call Fresh Side a couple years ago. I don't know if you had a chance to have it. I think I tried that. Look it up on Untapped. It is Brink's highest rated beer to date. Um, oh, and, nice. it's, and it's because I did because that. Because you did it. Yeah. It's all you. Just kidding. I had no,
3: no part other than. Did you rake out the grains and feel like you were doing something? Because I, I that's
1: what we did. I dumped some stuff in there. Yeah. And it <laughs> felt some good. Some hops
3: in, some grains, and then raked it out. Got some good photos of it. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Action shots. That's right. Um, we we that's brewed right. A Brute IPA for our uh, Cincy Brute bus our five-year anniversary last year and it was awesome it was a ton of fun <laughs> can't believe they let us heathens us tour heathens inside that place but they did
1: yeah and it, i mean it's cool the the head brewer kelly there is super analytical like i am so it was awesome to just sit with him and pick his brain and see how he works through things on on recipe builds and it like super helpful one when you're selling the beer to be able to talk about it at that level but uh, also, as a home brewer, I'm like taking notes, and right. taking it back to my garage, and um, it, it it's just a really cool experience to work with them. I, like Kelly is unbelievably knowledgeable. It's hard to extract the information from him sometimes, <laughs> but oh yeah, 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 yeah definitely. It's,
0: it's interesting to see the different personalities too. In really, you talk to somebody like Kelly versus somebody like Brett over at Urban or Josh over at, like you know, the the very different types of people and very different types of, uh, brewers. And it's, it's really fun to see, um, how these different types of people end up in the same kind of industry doing the, basically, you know, the same idea, the same thing, right. but very differently. <laughs> it's, it's neat. Um, let's talk bigger picture as we kind of, um, wrap things up here. Well, let's talk about this beer first before we forget again. <laughs> this is,
1: um, I'm just doing it by uh, a stack and paper. Yeah. I was going to say that. <laughs> so we've got, um, who i love saying that uh who farted uh they're stacking paper uh it's a dry hop double Ooh, that's, ipa that's triple, interesting triple, triple triple ipa that's correct yeah cuz it, it does is not drink like a drink. It's hg Fest. no that doesn't <laughs> it drinks there's like, it's there's like something
0: 7%. something at the very end there that's really really good like mm-hmm. some kind of little
2: um, snap i don't know what they do but all their beers have that little i don't know and it's kind of like a i don't know it's i love it though
1: this, uh, I mean, your this, New,
2: New this for
1: crap. me is like what a New England should be. Like if you go back to drinking, you know, heady topper where it started, you still have that very piney, resiny yeah. back end to it. Yeah, it's super hazy and it's um, got a little bit of that like hard water character to it, the way that it should. But it's still got that hot presence and, and that kind of kicks you in the mouth a little bit. And I, I love that because a lot of New Englands now are starting to get just overly juicy. Not that I don't like that, but I'd still, every time I drink a beer like this, it reminds me, just, it just mm. takes me back to the alchemist right. when I first discovered that style. And
0: It's what's the most fun about this brewery for me is that they're, you look at the cans and they're, they're kind of goofy and the, the name is obviously a little bit goofy. And then you try the beer and it's, the beer takes itself way more seriously than you think it's going to. Mm-hmm. Like you expect, yeah. you expect just some jackass yeah. in his garage, you know, with a, you know, just well, I think thing. it is probably just some
2: jackasses in the garage. End up making
0: good beer, though. <laughs> right. It's a very large garage. <laughs> yeah, the garage yeah. is really nice now. Though. Very nice. But,
3: they have like a sub garage <laughs> in Columbus
0: too. Yeah. 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 Um, with that, even that in itself has felt like you, you know, you hear that they have like the, the tap room in you know downtown Columbus there, and you are like, oh, okay, because like, especially when you you've heard some of the stories about the uh, the original location, and then you show up and you're like, oh, this is way nicer than it. Should be oh yeah downtown. How many will be dining with us tonight? See, like, <laughs> yeah. That Beavis and Butthead art, you yeah, know, it's uh, it's funny to me. And that and
3: Stimpy art, like that's what I look at that can. That's exactly like what I think of when I see that.
0: But it's like it, it, you know, especially when you talk about New England IPAs, that juxtaposition is part of what makes the style so interesting and that juxtaposition for them is also kind of perfectly uh personified (laughs) they're they're a fun brewery
3: yeah this one has very little heat like very little alcohol burn until like just like maybe like 45 seconds a minute later you kind of get that that exhale yeah you know it's it's, it's, that's that's wicked dangerous right
0: there Um, let's uh, look a little bit bigger picture. Just talking about the, the the city in general, the the beer scene, the community. What's what has been going on? I think technically, as of today, depending on how you count it, we're at seventy breweries.
2: Is that where, where, How do you how do you count that? So I,
0: I first the radius yeah. is forty ish miles okay. of downtown. Nice. Um, so that's including Aurora, uh, okay. Great Crescent, right. out to Sons of Toil. Pretty much everybody in yeah. Northern Kentucky, right, yeah. and then up to uh, Middletown. Okay. So not Crooked Handle, um, but everything in Middletown and down.
1: Okay. When is Dayton just going to be a suburb of Cincinnati?
0: Um, I, I don't know. Ne- I'm, never. I'm starting. I'm, I'm starting to. I, they
1: will never annex. We're,
3: we're, we're getting. We'll close, take
0: though,
3: them. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing place.
0: I'm starting to uh, to kind of dabble in writing about Dayton just a little bit, just to prep for that day that I'm like, all right, they're they're part of our. i our beer take thing. them serious now. But yeah. Well, I mean, there's some. There is oh, some yeah. really great yeah, stuff God, happening up to. there.
3: Branch and Bone and War Queen. Oh, yeah, like they're, toxic. They're, I mean, just speaking of cool, which, why
2: have cool we not gotten the cap for
1: memories? Who? Branch and Bone. Uh, okay. Coming from the sour guy, I can. <laughs> he's like laser eyes. Last, last time I was at Branch and Bone, I had just wrecked my bike on a ride from Yellow Springs oh, yeah, to right. Dave mm-hmm. and I don't think they want me around anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they are the uh, official best new brewery in Ohio, according to Rate Beer now. Mm they might be too busy to send kegs to anybody yeah. anymore
1: i i mean i good hope they're not but also yeah. good for them if that's true i i i've done a really bad job of following up because we we it's hard for, if you don't come in yeah we get but it up the, all the time that you know, kind of
0: it kind of goes into my question yeah. so there's 70 ish breweries in yeah. town now there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on you guys aren't the only bottle shop in town like this how Talk about kind of what is going on in this this beer scene and how it's different from when you guys opened. How that affects opening a second location and what that means, and you know, just
1: yeah, I it the the market is definitely getting it's crowded, tight. Yeah, it, it is it is crowded, which makes our jobs more important. So we have to continue to be that filter and make sure we're getting good look liquid in to the shop, which sometimes is really difficult because. Um, I get, I mean, how many people come in here on on Wednesday and Thursday, but, or Tuesday, 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 I don't even know my days, but, uh, between Tuesday and Wednesday, I probably see or get messages from at least 50 different people. Um, sometimes it's just, you know, I missed a text message. That could be the difference between me getting, there was a Kanteon drop and I missed that. And I don't know if that went through my email you know, so it, it is something that you have to be completely on top of for me, but um, we have to make sure we're focusing on that. I think part of, you know, when we beef up our staff a little bit, that allows us to focus on what product comes in and, and manage those vendor relationships a little bit right now, because right now there's so many people that if you're not hounding me, sometimes you, you just completely miss uh, my schedule and it's,
0: is that a role that you see you guys kind of settling into more as far as those relationships on the, on the vendor side or Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, big, big picture. There's, there's several things that concern me when we expand and I can't be here all the time. Right. It's, it's making sure we have the best product, which means managing vendor relationships, making sure customers have good experiences, which part of that is the product. But the other part of that is our staffing. So Those are my two biggest concerns, is product and staffing. Um, And so that's where I want to spend a lot of my time, that and events that that Nick had mentioned earlier. So my role kind of steps away a little bit from the bar uh, and focuses on making sure there's good people behind the bar and good beer on our shelves. And that's kind Mm of where I see it.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, currently I still work four or five nights a week bartending. One, because that's, like, my favorite part of the job. Uh, I just like people hanging out with them and then drinking with them. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, hey, I'm going to get this beer. Have you tried it yet? I'm like, no. Can I have a little bit? Of course.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you can still do that from the other side of the bar. we are here making sure our people are good.
2: I I like delivering a good experience. and That's going to be the hardest thing for me, I think, is not working behind the bar as much because that's what I enjoy the most the other shit's boring to be honest right. <laughs> like, yeah. yes it's it's not fun it, it, it's running the business like it's fun but it, it's not fun like, yeah. right you don't
1: <laughs> it, you don't like this excel sheet yeah you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's, and,
2: yeah it's uh but yeah stepping away and just having to take that step back and do more of the fun st- other fun stuff i right. guess is going to be my new
0: role is there anything that concerns you guys about the overall kind of beer scene, beer community in Cincinnati as it keeps growing? Um, it's clearly different now than it was, you know, three years ago.
2: I don't know if it concerns me. Um, it's a crowded market, though. You got to deliver good liquid if you want to. hit Like I, I don't know. I, I guess I we're probably a little bit harsh on people, but you bring in something and you try it, it's like, what'd you think? I want to be brutally honest with you. Like, I will never be on my show. completely honest. Like,
1: yeah, two years yeah. ago, I couldn't dump a beer in front of a, a rep. I have no problem with it now. But um, for for me, the, big, the biggest thing is we talked about it earlier, right? Um, it's a crowded market, but for the breweries that are coming in wanting to be their neighborhood brewery and their neighborhood yeah. bar, um, I think there's a lot of room to expand that. Um, And that's great but there are a lot of new breweries coming into the scene and immediately saying okay we're starting to can you know we want to get your shelf space if you're doing that and it's great liquid awesome but if it's good liquid and it's your first six months in business and you're bringing me good liquid it's probably not going to make my shell
0: well and i think there's there's a big difference for me like going to a tap room and hanging out at a brewery even if it's like your neighborhood spot or whatever it is like there's still there's still room for a place to open and have good liquid and be a, a you know good liquid and yeah. have and be that neighborhood spot and you kind of be there and watch them grow and watch them get better. There's still power in that, but when you start talking about shelf space and talking yeah. about trying to compete, I
3: mean, you, yeah, you if you're you, going to distro, you've route, got some world class uh, breweries on yeah. the
0: shelf. Like it's like you, top have, of to, you have to you have to compete rigged with rigged that down. if you want yeah. to be here. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. A distro and, is
3: so different than re- you know going into a tap room. Yeah. I, I love hearing you know, what your guys' perspective are just as opposed to ours when we're just in breweries yeah. all the time. And yeah, you, there's such a, like a, you know, there's a glorification when somebody walks into their neighborhood spot, you know, without even tasting the right. juice, it's but, just automatically like, I love this place. Yeah, and yeah. you know, some of these places have amazing beers and some of them, you know, they're still working towards that. Right. Mm-hmm. But on the distribution side, it's fascinating with more, more, big-time breweries getting into the market. You know, in the past couple of years, we've had Toppling Goliath and Cigar City, and these guys are renowned for making great (laughs) beers, and they want to come to Ohio. They want to come here in Cincinnati where there's 70 breweries? I mean, that seems counterintuitive to me. You know, like, why would you want to come into a spot where— you know, That's everybody's really going to their local spots. When everybody's going to their neighborhood spot, they're not going to Kroger or Jungles or wherever else to buy that packaging as much. But yet, you're still coming in here. Why is that? It's yeah. it's a fascinating um, sort of juxtaposition in the marketplace right now. I,
0: I almost wonder if it's just some. Some person sitting in a uh, an office in a brewery somewhere with some kind of spreadsheet and just typing. Oh, this this market here is increasing this percentage. We should send our beer there. Not understanding anything that's actually happening there and why that number is happening and why that is what it is. Like I, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I don't either. I mean. You know places like Toppling Goliath and you guys can have Toppling
0: Goliath's number we can call them right now and ask them <laughs> well, <him. laughs>
3: well you guys can talk to this more than probably anybody else but you know I see Ryan guys going into different communities like different cities and they're doing launches they're going to bars they're go- they're having tap takeovers they're going into the grocery stores their reps are everywhere they're doing all this stuff but You know, some of these breweries just come in and it's like, drop it. It's just here it is some beer. Yeah. And then all (laughs) of a sudden, you know, everybody's like, oh, I had that in Florida seven years ago. And I, you know, I fell in love with it. So now that's my go to. And it's just interesting. The I guess the psychology behind buying and uh, and selling and everything else in between. So.
2: It's an Allegash white. Decision makers listening, I would love to have your beer.
3: Didn't we
0: used to get? Didn't we, <laughs> didn't we used to get Allegash here? Yeah, I oh, have like yeah. this yeah. very like strong memory of drinking Allegash white Allagash. and just buying it off the shelf at yep. Jungle Gyms. It
3: was definitely at Jungle Gyms for a long time. It's probably just the past two years that it. I, it's hard to find. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't think it's here anymore.
1: the The issue is you you would I mean Cigar City for example you would get it, um, and when we first first came to the market, highlight. Flew off the shelves because everyone, like you said, oh, I got this in Florida. It was yeah. awesome in Florida. Um, you get it first shipment, flies off the shelves. Second shipment, okay, everyone's yeah. at it again, and then you're not in Florida anymore and right. um, <laughs> back in Cincinnati. And then you kind of people. It's a great beer, don't get me wrong, but people then fall back to their true their or, hometown brewery yeah, yeah. and and go back to that. So it is a hard thing for us to figure out what brewery is going to be that fly off the shelf first delivery and stall out second delivery versus what's going to keep selling um and i don't have a formula for figuring it out it's it's all trial and error and and, it's
3: changing i feel like i mean you talk to any brewery right now and we talk to all of them all the time here locally and they're like it's not changing by the month it's changing by the week it's changing by the day customers behavior patterns um, you know, what brands that they're putting on the shelves, what brands are putting in the tap room. The formula is just wild yeah. right now.
0: But when you're a smaller place like you guys are, you're, you're not Kroger or Jungle yeah. Gems. You're not yeah, yeah. buying pallets and pallets Correct, yeah. of a beer when it comes in. Like you've got a little bit of freedom that you don't necessarily have to try to constantly be trying to figure out what that thing is that's going to fly off the shelves. You just have to keep this well curated selection of good beer yeah and kind of be almost gentle about how you change things and the trends and kind of just, right. just listen to those people sitting at the bar like it's i feel like it's a little bit easier for you guys to uh to to navigate that because you're not trying to yeah. to, to to jump on this right now i need i need to sell x amount of this right now and like it's like it makes it a little uh a little more comfortable for the for the drinker for the you know the the the, the regular that's coming in here like you don't you know I'm not going to walk in here next week and see that whole shelf taken up by you know Bob's Brewery out of Des Moines Iowa that you know is the next big thing like I if they get a 4-8 on untapped
1: <laughs> you might but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah I mean it's it's hard because yeah we can buy a case at a time on like Kroger, right. Kroger, they're buying a pallet and they're putting it in a set. We don't have a set. We throw beers around all over the place. If something's moving, I can move it to the front. I don't have to consult my corporate set. And it's awesome to be able to do that. But at the same time, you may get one consumer who comes in here and they're like, oh, you stopped selling you know, XYZ beer. Why did you do that? And it's like, well, it was selling. So we do get a lot of that where we're constantly battling, okay, it's not doing great on the overall level but we have one or two customers who love it how do we navigate that they're just tell them s- if
0: they buy a case a week then they're okay <laughs> uh,
1: i haven't done that but- That's simple <laughs> but I like uh, that break. <clears throat> but at the same time it it just it continues to complicate it um and and we still work through the okay yeah you love that fear but here's something that i think is better or just as good or um so it's a lo- it's it's a lot to navigate it and it continues to get yeah. harder the more breweries like Hubbard's Cave and A sitting on our shelves right now um, their beer is fantastic and it's another thing where it's like this new brewery is coming to an extremely crowded market why did you pick that but their beer is selling and yeah. it is fire and it's good um but we'll see if that's again something that's that they're doing no they're, they're doing they're doing drops and they do a drop of something and it you know it sells if I were to bring that same beer back again, would it sell again? I don't know, because I mean, everything's one-off.
2: Yeah, and, and that's the interesting thing, too. So it's too. different. It's like everything's a one-off now, which is cool, but it's exhausting, too. Yeah. All right. In a good way. Yeah, we're yeah. promiscuous
3: yeah, yeah. you know, drinkers yeah. now. I mean, yeah. We're very we're very slutty with yeah. our beer Just, selections. Like it's I want to try them all. Yeah, but th- we can, can no there's no turn. monogamy in beer, right? Like, <laughs> we, can, we can
0: turn so fast though too. If you're one of those breweries that's making those drops like that, you you put out two mediocre beers, all of a sudden people like, I don't yeah. care about that anymore. Yeah. There's this other right. one that's yeah. that's that's hotter that I w I wanna try that. Right. I'm like that's uh, that's, so that's, to...
3: that's for me. Like for you guys, one of my questions is like, what does a brewery How does a brewery differentiate themselves in this marketplace where these are... such crowded shelves. Like when a when a rep comes in, what are you looking for from that rep? Like what are you looking for from that liquid? Like what is it that's a deciding factor for you guys?
0: I honestly free keychains. Everybody loves keychains. <laughs> <Yep. laughs>
1: if you if you give me a Budweiser branded pint glass, I'll buy all your beer. Um, I knew you guys could be bought. I knew it. We, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but no, honestly, the the rep does not matter. I love having the relationships with the rep, but right. it does not matter who you are how long i've known you how nice you are what you're willing to offer it comes down to quality of the beer um style if it's in like current style trends and we think it's going to move what does that beer look like we i don't know if you were here when we talked about it but a label like a lot of breweries will come in uh and and now they'll fill just like a, a generic bottle off their off their um system and say try this and i'm like what's the label look like if you're trying to give this to me in a can right. they'll show me the label and I'm like that liquid was good that label's not going to sell so it's it's liquid label and sometimes the liquid's just too good to turn down a bad label but then it comes into hand selling from our bartenders and we have to train our bartenders to be like this bottle looks terrible but it is the best stuff we have in the <laughs> shop and then that is fascinating to me literally one on one hand selling so it, it it's liquid it's ratings it's trends and it's what it looks like.
3: So you still put stock in
1: untapped? I do because um, I, I I know a lot of I know a lot of brewers and people who are like hardcore beer nerds um, don't like untapped ratings because they're not indicative of the true quality of that beer. Yeah, <laughs> um, which yeah 100% true Too stouty
0: <laughs> but like it but it
1: is 100- that's a person that's drinking a beer yeah, it's a that consumer. person <laughs> thinks that
0: beer is too stouty whatever that means to them is a real purchase it like is. that's a purchase decision yeah. like it's yeah. real numbers it's 100% no matter how stupid some of them are those are
3: real things Well, you would hope like that person just you know there's enough ratings on one particular beer that that kind of just goes in with the fold you know that's not like that's but, an outlier you know that kind of thing even
0: if somebody comes in and 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 buys some kind of triple IPA that says you know one star, I don't like IPAs. Right. That's still a, they bought it for a reason. They somehow were lured into that. That's a real rating. That's a real like thing. That's a, that's a valid. By uh, a
3: very uncredible uh, source. But
0: they're still buying it. Yeah. Like, those are still okay. the people buying the beer. Right. And no matter how uncredible or credible a person is, they're still spending it, their money a on consumer the beer. Is it's, a consumer. it's still a valuable opinion. And, and, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I get And that's that.
1: the point. It's indicative of what the, the general consumer base wants. Right. Uh, yeah, I
0: can five percent of our, you
2: know, or like the the beer nerds and like us. It's like
1: I don't, I don't
2: worry about them. I don't have to educate them. Right. It's the other ninety percent that come in here, and it's like, all right, I got to worry about you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you're the wild card.
2: <laughs> but
3: well, the packaging thing is is fascinating to me because that has changed so drastically, and oh, that, yeah. that's one of those things I mean, that's where you see
2: people rebranding all the time and changing yeah. stuff. It's like they realize how. It's it's a crowded shelf. You got to yeah. stand out on that how, shelf.
3: How do you stand out in all of this? Like, look at that. It's, I mean, it but is it's always like,
0: changing.
2: It is it's
3: like an Andy Warhol painting. You know, I mean, it is. like <laughs> Look at that thing, and it, it's going to change next week. Yeah, yeah. But if And the week ch- after, a year from now, that's going to look completely different. Mm-hmm. That's you know? what's yep. so
0: cool to me, though. Too, like, there's something cool about that. That, like, you watch, like, a brewery will change their branding, and then somebody else will change it, and somebody else will change it, and then it all starts to kind of look similar, and yeah. then somebody else has to then change it again to be different. And and then like then yeah. that mosaic changes again yeah. i love that like yeah. the, the shelf is a piece of art in itself and yeah. like you just look at it like man this is this will never look like this again like this is always something that's evolving and like, i love that shit i love it yeah. so much
1: yeah it's neat definitely- it is I, yeah i mean it is cool in those labels i mean that we you look around here we don't have a lot going on in terms of like visual we didn't put a, a ton of stuff into artwork on the walls or, or the way we did it that product, those labels, that is our aesthetic and that's what we're here to do. It's it's cool because it is always changing. You guys
0: should have been standing back here and taking a picture of the shelf like once a week and then building some kind of I, video over it over I time. Watch it. That, you should so do that because no, yeah. it's, man, I, lo- I love that. And I might it's, put a sign up and be like, this is art. Just <laughs> <no."> <laughs> Our shelf is art. <laughs> um, we're, is we're way over time, guys. We, we, oh. We've been podcasting for like four days, I think. Oh, no. no one wants to hear me talk that much at all. <laughs> so thirsty. Um, if people want to know more about higher, other than just coming down here to Northside, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're on the corner of Hamilton Avenue and whatever Ooh, that other right. road is. Rock, yep, yeah. Two blocks from Urban. I've um, been to Urban. Come down come here down. <laughs> and there's there's a parking lot right there. There's yep. lots of off-street parking. You can find cuts of fun places to park and um it's it's easy to get to it's central to just about everybody unless you live uh way up in dayton or something in one of our suburbs there (laughs) suburbs of cincinnati but we're coming close (laughs) that's right um come down here and and really like understand what this place is and i think the best way to do that is to be here but should they want to find you on social media
2: yeah facebook uh just higher gravity instagram i think it's Higher underscore graphic. Yeah. yeah,
0: you guys have a great website too, which um, not a lot of places have good I, websites. Uh, I,
2: I, thanks to my buddy from college, he uh, that's what he does, and he hooked it up. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I it's feel a like website. His
3: his business needs a shout out. So.
2: Yeah, uh, three ring focus out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So, you guys need website marketing anything?
3: Colorado. Um, well, and he's on the
0: beach. Oh, yeah. He's living the dream. That's <laughs> <Well>,
3: not too <laughs> shabby.
0: I'll tell you what. We'll put a link to them and in the uh, the show notes, too, so that you can find what they're doing. Um, and just go down there and visit them, because it's probably nicer down there right now.
2: He's bugging me to open up one down there, so maybe someday.
0: I, th- during the day today, I had rain. I had snow. I had sunshine. <laughs> just every kind of weather you could think of happened today. <laughs> it's stupid Cincinnati yeah, weather. Yeah. Why would you um, want to be at
3: the beach? <laughs> right. It's amazing here. You get all the seasons in one day. It's fantastic. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Thank you guys very much. Um, Again, if you uh, have not been here, come here. I didn't prep my thing here before I started wrapping up the show. Um, We'll be back next week. I think next week is Braxton, maybe. I don't know because, again, life is chaos. But we have some really fun stuff to talk to them about that you'll be excited to hear. And then uh, we're going to keep rolling. And. Even though I've got a baby coming soon, the show will not have a week off through that. I promise.
3: I promise. It's like a <laughs> cow Ripken of beer podcasts. <laughs> Sensei
0: broadcast the voices, of Craft. Thanks for having us. Thank, Thank
3: you. you.